The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media U.S. Hello, my name is Mark Iskowitz. I'm editor-at-large for MMM, and I'm super excited to be part of today's sponsored podcast with V7. Here with me today is Natalia Andrichuk, CEO of V7. Natalia, welcome to the MMM podcast. Hello, Mark. Thank you for inviting me. It's a great pleasure and a great honor to talk about the current business situation, Viseven, and obviously having some couple of advices and the questions from yourself. Absolutely. The honor is all mine. I appreciate it. So V7, just to kind of set the stage here, is a healthcare martech company based in Estonia, but its largest R&D center is in Kiev, Ukraine. We'll talk not only about how the war in Ukraine has impacted her company, but get Natalia's take on how other leaders can keep their businesses agile and flexible amidst any critical situation. I know you'll find her advice on rolling with the punches very relevant in light of the global crises we're facing these days. So Natalia, let's just start off by giving listeners some background on your company. Uh, What was the idea behind V7? We were thinking about how we can improve communication for pharma and life sciences, how we can make sure that the messages are arriving faster. And that was a new era of the applications, uh, mobile applications, which uh, helped uh, to communicate with the doctors, with patients, to deliver the information. So they originally were created as closed-loop marketing applications, but in fact, they opened the whole world of the new opportunities when pharma started uh, reaching with their messages, uh, not only doctors, but patients. So we were in the very beginning of this new era where these applications were born and the two brothers were very technically brave and technically savvy. And uh, are you based in, in Tallinn, Estonia, to be specific? Yes, part of our company, because Estonia's headquarters based in Estonia, myself, I'm originally from Ukraine. I lived in Ukraine uh, all my life. It's uh, um, a town near side Kiel, it's Zhitomir, where I was born, where our company was started. And still in Ukraine, we have a very big uh, a software development hub placed in five cities. And uh, of course, uh, many things uh, were changing with the war. And uh, uh, even before that, Vizervan uh, started to build the development hubs in Argentina, Buenos Aires, in Japur, in India. Also, we have opened offices in the U.S., Bridgewaters, and we have offices in Canada as well, in France. So, We started to be quite international company even before the war. You have quite an impressive global footprint. Tell us about your career path. How did you end up in your role? That's a very interesting question. You know, like being one of the founders, I was clearly seeing like uh, my connection to clients is very instant. I, I really can understand where our company will be in the next year, in the next five years. And even more, this ambition was always driven by value we are able to deliver to our clients. And I think uh, this visionary and this understanding 
helped my colleagues, like uh, there are three of us, the founders of the company. My partners, they were clearly seeing me as a CEO of our company when we even began our journey all together. And um, I think no one regrets it today, hopefully. <laughs> I'm sure not. Um, and, you know, 12 years on, it sounds like the leadership there, including yourself, have really served the company well. So it can seem to, to marketers like there's a near constant stream of critical situations these days. We'll talk in a bit about war, which is definitely an extreme case, but there are any number of social issues and political ones lately. Leaders need to know not only how to make decisions, but how to support their employees through trying times. So when it comes to leadership, Natalia, what do you think about the idea of leading by example? I support this idea because leading by example means, uh, like in my case, the strongest type of leadership because uh, you can't really be completely sure about um, your, I would say, decision or the consequences of your decisions. And you can't be sure about completeness of the success of your decisions without being trying this path, like me being CEO of organization, I was working uh, from the beginning uh, of uh, my career, I was working as sales uh, person, then business developer, uh, like more than 10 years. So I, I really understand what type of work it is to work with the client, to live with the client, uh, all their troubles, all their requests, to build these relationships and not to try uh, to succeed only commercially, but try to succeed uh, completely in these relationships means bringing value to our clients and means having uh, the satisfaction from your type of products. If we succeed, then our clients succeed and then we are as patient, are successful. So it means we can, uh, by uh, very fast communication or very efficient, nice material and uh, channels when in, you can engage patients into the uh, treatments on the early stage can really make an example of how to communicate in the, the difficult cases or very many scenarios or like today web communication uh, one of the most popular channels so if we engage our patients like with our clients in the very nice way so means like we create a very um, uh, self-explanatory interface with the smart search so like the patient with the um, urgency of some information will find it very fast very relevant and it will in some cases save their lives so this means you need to lead by example so showing these cases and uh, uh, making sure like your colleagues understand the importance of your work and their their work so that uh, that that's everything so that's everything mm -hmm. i like how you said about you know the need to succeed not only commercially but in relationships as well and to through your example showing people that they're not just selling sneakers here you know so to speak or sportswear but they're selling if, if we succeed as you said clients do and then and then we all benefit 
as, as patients and as a society. So you talked earlier about getting into the industry at the dawn of the iPad, which gives you tremendous perspective, you know, on how the industry has, has changed over the years. And it's going through some changes of its own these days. How would you describe the changes in recent years? Yeah, the landscape has changed and we are all understand that pharmaceutical market is patients driven, is value driven. Beyond the pill is not the buzzword or the trend anymore. Beyond the pill is reality. So we need, like, we shouldn't right now uh, use the practice which we uh, used to, to do when we joined this industry, when we rely uh, more on technology and, um, I would say, product success. Today, we rely on communication to the end customer, to patient, and we really understand the value of this communication by measuring the feedback from the end client. So this is possible today. And every technology from artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, blockchain today is focused on delivery of value. Yeah, that's more great sort of perspective. I like how you said beyond the pill uh, is not a buzzword anymore. It's reality. And uh, even older brands are starting to catch up with that. We just did a podcast yesterday with uh, the 70-year-old Tylenol brand from J&J, which has embraced uh, that trend. So let's sort of delve in one layer deeper. What do you think are some of the most trending subjects in pharma marketing today? I think we need to concentrate our attention on the communication and on omni-channel because today, like, like you know, I remember the times when we were talking multi-channel, cross-channel, and now omni-channel communication. This is all an evolution, and omni-channel will give us this direct access to the uh, client in the right time and will deliver the information to him, to her, in the right channel when it is needed. So this is, this is how all of this beyond the peel, personalization and attitude, like value-driven attitude to the new generation will be delivered. If we just, I would say, if we quit the approach where we communicated as the enterprise to the consumers from the channel which enterprise prefers. And we go uh, with this flexible, definitely more, um, I would say, advanced approach of communication where our messages are available in different channels and in different formats. So it's obvious like um, employing omni-channel approach, you are thinking across different countries, different cultures, and different types of problems by identifying the channels of communication you will need. And then you understand how many, how many messages you will need and how much content you will need for this, and then how much data you will receive. So all of these... Um, requires from industry, from us, from vendors, not just the commercial understanding of omnichannel, it requires deep understanding of how we can transfer the same message uh, through all these channels without be, this message being programmed, developed from scratch each time. 
so that we can actually reuse the very same information across the channels without significant, you know, coding or any other changes. So if the if it, it is a machine readable text, if there will be no mistakes, if we can control every transaction, what kind of technology we have to employ, then if our customers or end users are going to read this, how they are not drawn in all of this massive amount of information where we, they have to see exactly what is relevant for them. So all of these technologies today are available and um, us as vendors, we have to be very proactive. We have to be very technology savvy. We have to be more oriented of, on our customer success than on technology itself and employ this technology to be success and to understand the need. But you can see this uh, a massive change. Omnichannel brings and personalization brings a massive change to the industry. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, also that, that point. So uh, that you made that omnichannel is especially important as, as marketers increasingly look to market across countries and cultures. And it really comes in handy there. So it sounds like you're saying, Omnichannel is really is kind of the basket that industry needs to put more of its eggs in. And is that where you see the life sciences industry and pharma going in the future? I think, yes, it is the direction because right now, once we identify that beyond the pill, that the customer personalization of the message, this is where we have this significant change. We have to go there. So without understanding of omnichannel, without understanding the new means of communication, there is no chance to succeed. Yes, and there's the, where the industry is going right now. Omnichannel is a part of the bigger picture, which is, uh, of course, personalization beyond the pill, patient centricity, and uh, value-driven communication. Okay, yeah, and certainly where we hear, or when we hear uh, in this country at least about the changes that Google is making from a privacy perspective, uh, Apple has already made to its browser in terms of tracking Facebook, not allowing healthcare marketers to target based on some of the health preferences that they have in the past. The need to develop bespoke kinds of personalization strategies, you know, like building custom audiences and things like that are more important. Uh, and you're, you're calling for that here as well, yes? Yes, yes, exactly. It is always changes in the communication. So that means it is impossible for the human being. It is really the machine driven, uh, I would say, exercise when driving the messages through the different channels. This personalization engine is uh, absolutely 100% driven by artificial intelligence, driven by technology, not by human. But where we are going in the future, that these messages will be driven not by us, which are programming it and predicted it from the human perspective, it will be driven by machine. So where a machine will be driven by the human interest. So we are working on this right now and we are building the technology. We are reusing many technology in this regard and we hope 
and we believe we'll deliver value for our clients in this way. Sure. It sounds like Pharma needs a good MarTech partner. <laughs> Are there uh, any metrics and tools that you recommend the industry uses to help to benchmark its efforts in this area? <laughs> um, I would say um, metrics, uh, metrics uh, are very well known because uh, we... Every time, once we are communicating, we are catching the feedback. So we are not really today pretty much driven by regular metrics, by reach and frequency. We are driven by uh, totally by the feedback, which is not qu uh, quantitative, but qualitative. So we are able today with this uh, new um, Uh, new systems of data aggregating and data reading, especially Amazon has many technologies in that part. We are able to deliver more qualitative feedback uh, of how these messages are impacting the communication for different personas in different channels. And uh, also we are impacting and um, uh, providing a valuable impact, I believe in this, in providing more understanding on the new personas, which is uh, really improving the um, customer segmentation capabilities these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you really need an automated system of measurement to, to match the automated system of me message delivery that's being used. So um, great. We, we can't ignore the subject of war in Ukraine. You know, obviously, there's a, not only a geographic impact uh, and a business impact, but a human impact here. Can you talk about how the war, the situation there has impacted your business, Natalia? Yes. Um, first of all, we have built better connection between all the employees of Vizavon. So we uh, really understood better the situation, not just uh, at work, but situation we have as colleagues um, across the companies, like family situations, like uh, uh, health situations, and all the other situations, because uh, dealing with the war um, and its impact when you are running the company means you have to have a plan, not only for the business, but also for people. So in this plan, Also, what you need to do, you need to understand whenever your people with whom you are working are safe, whenever they have the relocation plan, whenever we can support them in the new countries. So all of these things we have been thinking about, the, uh, about but uh, we have never imagined that we will be dealing with before the war started, actually, right? On the other side, we understood, like, uh, the growth will be happening not only um, uh, in Ukraine, like, we have built a lot of, uh, um, I would say, um, factory resources, development, hubs in Ukraine. Like I mentioned, five cities where we have been building our offices and our people were located before the war. So this given us push 
to think about other destinations as well, because our people today placed across Europe, uh, they are placed also outside Europe. They are in Australia, they are uh, even in Philippines, they are in different locations. So we started to think more international, we became stronger. There, uh, there are more new places where our offices, thanks to COVID training, thanks to the many providers of the, I would say, remote office work possibilities these days. This is a very, a very nice mode of working, which is legally available today and helps to employ and provide this safety and this uh, place to work. So all of these, all of these questions, they are started to be more pressing than they were before the war. So that's how it changed. Yeah, I mean, thank you for running through that. I think a lot of people here see on the news, you know, the, the, the tragedy uh, of these events, and uh, it's taking an emotional toll on anybody who watches it. But it's very heartening to hear a business leader like yourself talk about your resilience and, uh, you know, in the face of these challenges and how you maintain the business continuity and how it also gave you the push, you're saying, to, to become stronger and to think about how you can support your employees through these challenges, you know, financially, whatever kind of support they needed, legal support, and to expand geographically. So those are really valuable insights for our audience. Well, it's, it's been so great chatting with you, Natalia, and I'm sure many of our listeners were inspired by this discussion as I was. Uh, to that end, let's have another conversation as you further your mission of helping enable life-changing communications. Okay, that was Natalia Andrichuk, CEO of V7. It was a terrific conversation. Many thanks for listening. Come back for another one. This is Marcus Quitz for the MMN Podcast. Take care. 